You're listening to the MLS Fantasy Insider, bringing you weekly tips, tricks, and advice for the official MLS Fantasy game. Hello and welcome to episode eight of the MLS Fantasy Insider, our preview of round six. This episode is brought to you by Breck Shay. Um, no, no, no. Uh, I wish. No, actually, it's brought to you by the amazing Patreon supporters of the MLS Fantasy Insider and MLSFantasyBoss.com. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLS Fantasy Boss, and tonight I'm joined by our co-host, Blaine Riffle. Unfortunately, Ashley has friends in town tonight and could not join us, but the brought you by was in, in her spirit. Uh, but have no fear also because we have a top-notch, high-energy guest, special guest with us tonight. Please welcome back to the show, Matt Pollard from Last Word on Soccer and Holding the High Line Colorado Rapids podcast. How was everyone tonight? I'm good. Uh, things are going okay other than my technical difficulties. Do we? Do I want to rehash that for, for everybody who's now joined us live, Reid? I think you should, but before you do that, those of you who are listening to the podcast, please try to join the live stream or at least watch the beginning of this episode because Matt just did like a Tejan Day sort of lean away from the microphone and then lean back in so he could breathe. It was It was pretty, I guess, like epic early 2000s or something anyway anyway yes uh matt you you had some some difficulties uh yeah so i was logged in on zoom on the um on my web browser on google chrome because i'm not a heathen who uses microsoft edge or anything and so i was clicking the zoom leak read that you had just sent via twitter dms and for some reason it was opening up zoom the app but it didn't register that i was already logged in so i had to re-log in and then all it did was show that i didn't have any meetings rather than so the you sent me a link to join the meeting and it was doing everything with the exception of letting me join the meeting so in many many ways that was similar to my frustrations from this weekend of debating between uh captaining montero or Carlos Hill, and then ultimately deciding to go with Rui Diaz because I thought San Jose Earthquakes chaos, it's going to be an absolute goal fest. And it wasn't an absolute goal fest. Unfortunately, I got zero extra bonus points for uh, one Alex Roldan's uh, save that he had at the end there. I think <laughs> I would like to petition Reed for a rule change in MLS fantasy that the minute a field player has to take over in goal, that should immediately be, I'm not saying it should be like 10 points or anything, but that should be a separate bonus just for the lols. Oh, I like it because really we're talking about just a small handful of people where we have, uh, um, Alex Rodon, of course, from, from this week. And then we Mike have McGee, uh, uh, Rodrigo Slagle, if we're including playoffs and Justin penalties. Well, I mean, Slagle should have gotten like 50 million, like however many points that Dumbledore gave Gryffindor at the end of, <laughs> of Sorcerer's Stone is how much Slagle should have gotten for that play. And then I believe Ryan Hollingshead a few years ago for Dallas, perhaps. Andrew Farrell as well. One of his, Andrew either Farrell, his first yeah. or second, yeah, one of his first or second years in, in the, in the league, he ended up putting on the gloves and jumping into the goals. So one point, uh, yeah, a very one point for every positive action. You make a save, it's an instant point. Recovery, interception, one point for every positive action. Just throw the four. Throw the four I mean, that could work. That could give you more than ten. That could give you more than ten. I like this. I like this. We should petition for this for next year and whatever other crazy. Fan. If you are in chat right now, share your other fun fantasy, crazy fantasy rules that you would like to see. Or if you're listening to us at at MLS Fantasy Boss at MLSFI or 
feel free to uh, at LWOS Matt Pollard if you want to actually send it to Matt Pollard and share with him what you think should be a fun fantasy uh, rule addition. Uh, but let's just jump right in, guys, into how our weekends went first double game week. Uh, Matt, you gave us a little preview of your team. If you want to expand upon that, feel free. Or if not, I'll just let Brilliant go. Uh, I mean, I, I kind of went, I think we'll, we'll get to this when we get into housekeeping, but I'm probably going to be less focused with the rule change than also how much the schedule congestion generally is taking place. Unless I really like the midweek matchup, the Wednesday matchup, I'm probably not going to be focusing too much on double game weeks going forwards. Um, but, you know, uh, had Kai Wagner, had Alex Roldan, was super happy with him after Wednesday night, even though he didn't get the extra points for being in goal, but he got 14 for me. Uh, Blaine, you and I both agreed Carlos Hill was a must play as well. Um, and Gonzalo Iguain rescued the night for me. Unfortunately, the person who I played in our head to head league for MLS fantasy boss uh, completely blew me away on the switcheroos. I had Jonathan Mensa who had just four for the weekend game. Um, Memo Rodriguez had five for the game against Kansas city. And I'm probably, um, I'm probably selling the Cade Cowell stock at least for right now, personally folks. So I, as the resident self-appointed King of the land of switcheroos um, did not do particularly <laughs> good. Um, and then I ended up summing out uh, McCarthy only got me three. So then I went with Galacia because I had uh, I had some extra cash to spend on Sunday night and was very happy with that one move that I made in terms of my bench situation. Blaine, you had a monster week. You're muted. Lily was in here, really... so I muted it. So now I'm back. Um, yeah, I had a 107 this week, uh, week rank 136. Um, really happy with that. And that includes having McCarthy as my only goalkeeper. And getting a three off the bench because I decided to roll with both uh, Dahomey and Soteldo. And so 107 with those guys in there is a, is huge. I did camp Captain Montiero instead of Heel, but same points both ways. Polito on the bench was huge. I hope everybody listened to me on that one. Um, I know the big debate with Russell and Polito, but I just had that feeling. And then bench hits weren't as great, but I did the one thing I did make or do really well was I saw the lineups. I didn't like the way Columbus came out and I dropped Zellerai on for Reynoso at that point. And that was, that was huge. That pretty much saved my week right there. Won me a few of my head to heads because they were all pretty close. Um, I think a hundred points. If you hit a hundred points, you had a monster week though. That's a good score this week. Nineties were we saw a lot of 90s. Uh, 100 plus, I think, is where you saw some really big moves. I know in, in Discord today, we were seeing a bunch of people saying 100 or more, and they were moving up 50, 60, 100 ranks in the overall. Yeah, you really needed to hit those triple digits. I had 98 points, uh, so a pretty strong week myself. But I think I might have maybe gone down or stayed about the same. I'm in the 140s. I think I might have been maybe a slightly higher. But I think you definitely needed to have a triple digit, depending on where you are caveat right there depending on where you are um, having a high 90s score would have been fantastic you probably saw it rises up if you were in that maybe top 100 150 you probably needed to hit the triple digits uh 100 plus definitely a fantastic score i saw some 114s i think 121 might have been the highest score i saw i don't know if that was the highest overall can't sort like that i really wish we could uh but yeah some fantastic scores i had a fantastic time with my defense this week, which is where I oftentimes struggle. I also hadn't had uh, McCarthy. I did not do Carlos heel, which would have been better than my Nani 
Otteru that I was going for, but otherwise Reynoso, Morgan, Montiero with the Montiero captain had Higuain. Um, I ended up going with Cowell on the bench, just trying to see if there was any kind of cheap magic I could get from San Jose. I did have Polito at one point, but I swapped him for Rui Diaz and that did not work as I had hoped. Um, but yeah, no, I can't complain. 98, a, a great score this week. The average was 68.3, but we know we have some inactive teams, so don't worry about that. Uh, yeah, my overall rank now was 148, and I just checked. I went up by 1.3 million, so I'm sitting at 113.9. So for those of you who are kind of trying to figure out where you are, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit behind the value game, I think. So if you're sitting at around... Uh, Andrew, correct this. 123 was the highest. So I was close. 123 was the highest for this round. Uh, but if you're sitting around, I'd say 115, you're you're probably doing pretty competitively with the value gains. Higher than that, you're doing awesome. But that's a good that's a good score. I'm finding it pretty easy at this point to work in a lot of the guys that I want. Uh, so if you're sitting around there, I think, and you're not in that top hundred trying to get into the Champions League at the end of the season, I think you're going to be in a good spot going into the second quarter of the season to to come out strong and really be able to field a good team. Uh, Ashley did send in her score. She got 84 points, dropped a little bit, uh, but she gained 1.8 million. To that point, Reed, as well, I had 89 on this week, and I think I was 164 last week, and so I dropped all the way down to 257, which is the lowest I've been as of any week. I think I don't think I've been below the top 200 prior to this week ending, so I think that really pointed out, like, I was doing really, really well, and then a bad week just because my bench didn't come through, and then anybody who gets, you know, over 100 at that point probably jumped me, who was roughly level with me, so, um, and then I am on, I think I'm slightly higher than you on valuation, I I think I'm at 114.1. A lot of that has come in the last couple of weeks as I've kind of ridden the rise of Sam Vines, uh, who was, uh, who I did not have, ironically, uh, on my team for this week, but obviously it had a couple clean sheets and then also a couple assists as well. So uh, that value game is, uh, we, I'm sure we've talked about this in the past, read, but just the, you know, do, do I want points right now or do I want to add value that's going to make it really, really easy once hyperinflation starts to kick in for some of the more expensive players? We're probably at the point now where that's going to stop being an issue. Like you've either risen in value or you've got time to catch up folks but you know this is this is always that weird inflection point and i think once you get to about 115 on your total value team you probably don't have to worry about that too much yeah the the first quarter ends for round seven so we only have two more rounds left in this first fantasy qualifier quarter so if if you're pretty far back from the top 100 uh, you could definitely still focus on on valuability but i agree with matt if you're sitting around this mid-teens mark you're probably going to be pretty strong going into the second qualifier and you have a lot of information now to build upon for who's on form and who's kind of pot and which teams are are on the slump so um but if if you're still building if you still want to focus on building because you know you're not going to make that top 100 yeah definitely still look for some building your value going into uh, round eight in a few weeks for the beginning of, of quarter two uh, let's get to some quick takeaways i'm going to do this one first because matt again has a great little uh dollop of a of a comment to go with this uh, i think one of the biggest disappointments for me this round even though i I kind of expected it or I was wary of it. And so I did not have any Columbus players in my team, uh, but still Columbus ended up with no goals and no clean sheets. 
what? That was that was crazy. I know there was I was concerned some about how the rotation would happen. I thought they would field a stronger team against New England. That's why I wasn't high on heel. Uh, was surprised though by the Toronto result. Uh, and Matt, you are wearing your Save the Crew scarf. I too have one in the background there. You have a comment though about how you wish to wear that scarf tonight uh so i guess i'm wearing it in the context of save them from a fantasy standpoint in addition to what i think is now hashtag save the crew two or i have seen columbus crew twitter uh using hashtag we are the crew i'm not sure which one of those might be playing a jab at the recent reband but i'm referring to them in the context from a fantasy standpoint uh i had lucas around he got me four points that was okay but i was hoping for a bump up when they played in the second game he doesn't even play in the second game the team team hasn't kept a clean sheet. Giassi Zardes hasn't played well. There's so many, at least on paper at the start of the season, that we thought were going to be fantastic from a fantasy standpoint, whether it was room and goal, Jonathan Mensah, Harrison, a full going forward and creating offensive stuff. Obviously Zardes, Pedro Santos and Zellarayan doing things offensively and they haven't really kicked in. And I'm starting to, we'll see what happens this week. They've got a tough game against NYCFC. I think this team needs that Nations League reset, but I'm I'm curious in general, are they the team that's ultimately going to have their season derailed by CCL? Because we see that every single year. Toronto a couple years ago, um, I can't remember who was it last year. Granted, CCL was very different last year and 2020 in general derailed things. But I'm 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 hoping that's not the case for the sake of Columbus and the narrative around that team. And certainly for my fantasy team, I'm hoping that's not the case. So uh, hashtag resurrect the crew, maybe is the more <laughs> appropriate one to say. Yeah, there we go. And for those of you who may be wondering, maybe listening to us for the first time, we're not really going to dig into the the crew information because this is a fantasy podcast. There's plenty of that out there. We have our opinions, uh, but that's all we'll say about Save the Crew. Uh, some other general fantasy takeaways I'm going to throw out there. And I'll also mention Ashley. She gave us some some talking points today. I will say the uh, the Austin defense is starting to look maybe more about like what we expected for an expansion team on a long road run uh they've dropped points these last they dropped a lot of not points so they've lost points too but they've dropped a lot of shots on goal they've allowed shots on goal a lot in these last couple of games i think it's about 20 shots per game average of, of what's been going on that's that's sort of what we expect on this expansion team on the like i said on the long road coming up against nashville could be interesting uh, but a uh, little bit of cooling from the opening of the season Someone who is, I don't know, lukewarm from the opening of the season. FC Cincinnati's Acosta. He's back in the mix. Got a decent fantasy score of seven points. And then Cincinnati lost the game at the very end, which, I mean, yeah, of course. I got those updates on my phone and because I was not able to watch the game. And I was like, that's not going to last. And then it didn't. And I knew it. And I knew it. Uh, no, but that's something to keep an eye on. Acosta back in the mix for FC Cincinnati does change the attack some could potentially be a, a switcheroo target if you're looking there. Uh, I forgot to add into my notes, but I also wanted to mention that Minnesota also scored one goal in each of their two games and got a 1-0 victory. Maybe not what we had hoped would happen. The Dallas game, I think that made more sense. Maybe hoping more from the Vancouver game, uh, but better than what they had been doing. But still, I think there's some question marks about Minnesota. They're off next round, so we're going to talk more about them next week on the show. Uh, from Ashley, she wanted to reiterate what Panda said last week about Carlos Heel in a number 10, and he absolutely crushed it when he's in that spot. So when he is in a number 10, totally agree. He is one of the must-have players for fantasy. When he's out on the wing, 
not so much really for for that fantasy production uh ashley wanted to mention that seattle's new quote-unquote keeper uh cleveland is a budget buy at 4.4 though there's some promising things about fry so keep an eye on what that will be going forward if he's going to be sitting out or if he's going to be resting all i've heard and you can mention this blaine in your in your update is it's not as bad as they thought so just just keep an eye on who's going to be there for seattle and as we said at this top of the show brick shay uh in miami attacking as a winger role rule so yes ashley is a huge brick shay fan and uh inconsistency i would say some but uh definitely got some points for people blank what do you have takeaways you're muted again there you go sorry lily has been in here all night tonight i'm, I'm actually wearing pink tonight for people on the podcast you can't see it but yeah in honor of breck shea i've grabbed him in draft because ashley's always talking about him and i've been a big fan too and he won me my draft game so Breck Shape starting on the wing is definitely somebody to keep an eye on. Out of position defender can get you a lot of points real easy. Um, double game week forwards came through huge this week. And we saw that around two chances to score a goal to get that seven, eight points that you want. Or in the case of Iguain and Polito, two chances to score two goals in a game. Um, can get some monster scores if you're... If you're a guy that likes to play midfielders all the time, looking at forwards on double game weeks may be more beneficial overall. Um, your top scores were coming from there rather than midfield this week. And there were some heavy hitting midfielders that had good weeks, but just when forwards get that many chances to shoot, they get that much more opportunity to score big points. And it really paid off going heavy forwards this week. Uh, so keep that in mind on this new double game week scoring going forward. Um, DC was a DC's game was interesting. I, I enjoyed that one. Ariola is back from his injury. Um, huge boost for the team there, but they were showing a lot more aggression going forward. And that's a good thing that could, I don't think they're going to be that pushover team we've had all season to start now. I think they're going to start finding a way to score some goals and just, you got to kind of watch out for that. Um, sporting is still in limbo with everything going on, but Zussi being in the lineup is a team not to, or is it really makes them an offensive threat. Uh, he's just been so much better than Jalen Lindsay going forward. Um, and Ilya is playing as a center back. If you're seeing his scores go up, he's been playing there these last couple of games and seems to be doing really well, but that's one less clean sheet opportunity for the rest of the team. Was really surprised by Montreal this week on the double game week. They really showed up. I think they're legit. I, they're not the team where you can probably count on people, but I think they're going to beat a lot of teams. And that defense is stronger than I think anybody really expected. And then finally, uh, San Jose didn't score a goal in the double game week. Um, that's uh, scary. When you've got Cowell, who's been so strong, you've got Wando coming off the bench. This was a team that was, seemed to be just firing on all cylinders and then just nothing for a whole week. So if you went in on them this week, it probably hurt quite a bit. Um, but uh, San Jose is one of those teams. I don't know how much you can rely on them going forward, given how bad they were for these two games at your fantasy takeaways from this round. Um, I think, you know, in years past read, I would say you absolutely have to go all in on double game weeks. You know, if there's four double, you know, if there's four teams playing midweek that are also playing on the weekend, I would have a starting 11 of, uh, unless I was doing switcheroos of 11 players on those eight teams that were playing in 
the double game week. But as I was kind of alluded to earlier, you know, there was a lot of fixture congestion last year. Last year was really, really weird. There's going to be large gaps in between for games. I know there's a bunch of teams that going into, I think in October, there's a bunch of teams that have like five games over the stretch of like 16 days. I know the Rapids are one of those teams. So I think we're going to see a lot more rotation. And so in that, if you have a guy that, isn't starting in that first Wednesday game. He's basically a one game player. Cause you know, like Brad Smith was that example. That's why I switched out for Alex Rodon last Wednesday. Um, you know, and so I just, I'm, I'm less bullish on those, particularly if you have a guy who starts on Wednesday and the Wednesday game doesn't necessarily go well. We saw a lot of teams that played midweek struggle. You know, that Columbus new England game was an absolute slog with two teams who had played midweek and kind of had a rough go of it. And then in situations where teams played, on the midweek and then played a team that didn't typically they really, really struggled. You know, Houston made a bunch of changes. I was at that game in the press box at DSG and the Rapids were absolutely swarming over them for 30 minutes. So I'm probably going to be less bullish on DGWs going forward. I was kind of already thinking that, but I wanted to see how this week happened, how this round happened before I actually go forward with that. But I mean, if it's a team, even if I like them on like, two away games in a DGW. I'm probably going to be avoiding them unless it's like Carlos Hill or, you know, Carlos Vela, if he's back to being fully fit and healthy, and I'm probably going to lean more on home teams. And then for my switcheroos or other people who I sub out, I'm going to see how bad the double game week team does midweek and then how they rotate their squad on the weekend and then look for players who will take advantage of that going forward, which means more work and more interesting, but also kind of frustrating because normally I like to just have my lineup set from Wednesday, get a bunch of points, and then not have to think about fantasy because everybody's already logged. Yeah, that's a great point about uh, the double game week for, for those of you who are wondering how to navigate this going forward. This was one of the least congested double game weeks that we have. I mean, we, we have one coming up that only has three teams uh we have another one coming up with only one team and then the last round of the year has four maybe six or seven teams but most of our double game weeks this year are going to be everybody everybody is playing a double game week so it's going to be massive amounts of double game weeks expect high rotation expect just all sorts of unexpected because mls hashtag because mls craziness and i think you're right matt uh when everybody is on a double game week, it, it's hard to not have a team that's on a double game week. Uh, but it, it does make you question what's going to happen. And it makes, I know you said you were king of the switcheroos. It makes those hard. Switcheroos were difficult this round. And so that's why I opted to just use an auto route. And as we explained last week, that's just letting MLS take care of its substitutions on its own. That's not doing the switcheroo, the key switcheroo mechanic of forcing the substitution that's that's the main difference between the switcher and the auto route and it makes it really tough uh, to get these things lined up you can still do it but it does take micromanagement that we know not a lot of players maybe that's not fair we know not every player is interested in or finds fun about the game and so you can definitely do it but yeah um the double game weeks are massive this week if you don't know when they are head over to mlsfantasyboss.com at the top of the page in the bar, there is a link for game chart and primer. It is right there. You can click on it. It is, uh, you can expand the picture. It has the double game weeks. It has the buy rounds and it has uh, a little color coded chart for if the game started on a weekend, a Tuesday, sorry, a Thursday midweek start or a Wednesday midweek start. Because I think it's Thursday. Maybe it's, I said T. I probably meant R. I'll have to double check that, but check it out. It's, it's in there. So 
Uh, our next double game week is coming up in round nine. So we have some time before that happens. All right, guys, that was good. A good wrap up. Uh, we're, this is recovery. This is DGW recovery. I'm trying to, to, to catch our breath from all of this and, and move forward. So we're now going to talk about our uh, next segment, the housekeeping segment. Housekeeping. First, congratulations to all of the league winners. Uh, we'll, I'm going to say for the MLS Fantasy Boss, the Reddit, and the Discord Classic Leagues, uh, Lee is leading with 490 points. I want to point out the last, maybe every round so far, one person has been leading in those three leagues at the same time. The way my rules work is if you win multiple if you qualify to win, so you get first place in all of my leagues, you can only win it once. So I will start going down the rankings at the end of the season when we're handing out prizes. So don't feel like you're out of the running yet. If you're winning in multiple leagues, you can only get the top prize and only get it once. So there's plenty of gift cards to go around. I'm uh, going to give a shout out to Shannon of Ted Lasso's Biscuits over in the Patreon Open, who has held on to the league uh, lead right now with uh, 472 points. Very nice. And then the head-to-heads, uh, the Discord League, there is an 11-way tie at uh, 5 0 so one team dropped off there over at the Patreon League. Uh, Bartles of Squirtle FC, Squirrel, Squirrel Squad, I believe. I think it's Tyler Bartles, one of our longtime supporters, former contributor as well, is uh, winning their 4-1-0, the only league we have with uh, a team not on 5-0-0 as a leader. And then over at the MLS Fantasy Insider Invitational, Skylar Redpath is the only remaining undefeated team still as well with 5-0-0. However, I will say that at one point, Matt Pollard was tied with him, and I... Uh, was not diligent at getting him on the show at that time to be able to brag about his success. My apologies, sir. All good. Uh, but Matt is still, you might be second. Is that right? I think I'm third in that one, uh, but you're right there. Yes. You're close. You're very close in that one. So uh, very, very tough right there, but congratulations to everyone for how well you are all doing. As far as the round start this week, uh, you get a little bit of a breather. We're not starting on Wednesday. Games start Saturday, May 22nd at one o'clock p.m. Uh, with Montreal versus my FC Cincinnati. So that'll be a good matchup. I'm really looking forward to that game preview of what's to come. Um, I'm really looking forward to that game to see to see how that works out. I'll probably lose, but uh, I'm, I'm interested. No teams are in a double game week, as I already mentioned, and one team is on a bye week, which is Minnesota, as I also already mentioned. So if you are looking for switcheroo options, you want Minnesota players, you should easily have three Minnesota players. Uh, you have plenty of options at all those positions to get a 4.0 scrub sub player for your switcheroo team. And Blaine, I know we had a bunch of new people joining the Discord this week. Uh, head over MLSFantasyBoss.com slash Discord to find out how to do that. And a lot of people were asking about the injuries, suspensions, and Discord mega call-up reference sheet. Uh, so give us a bit of a preview from that and remind people of how they can view that document when they join Discord. Yeah, join Discord, and we've got a pinned post up there for the Fantasy Mega Reference or just message somebody in chat and say, hey, how do I find this? And they'll help you. Uh, Ranchinator over there today was helping out, updating everything that we got from today because we actually got kind of a massive data dump today on injury updates and everything. And we updated the sheet, got everything from the weekend that we knew of in. 
And got some good news to start off. Uh, Carlos Vela did play, uh, subbed in. Don't know how quickly they're going to try to return him to the starting lineup, but he is back and playing. Um, Josie Altador got a start, which is big. Um, Tim Melia got a start for the second game, which really looked good. And then Paul Ariola is back and starting for DC. So some major returns there. Some starters that were pretty much locked in without injuries are coming back. But we've also got some bad news. This was a huge week for injuries. Uh, Jordi Delem tore his ACL and is out for the season. Uh, Aaron Long ruptured his Achilles and is also out. And then we've also got Jeff Atanella has a hip injury that's going to be season ending as well. So that's three guys in one weekend. Thoughts go out to those guys because that's rough. Um, all three of those are pretty serious. Um, with the Atanella injury, that leads us to just a whole string of goalkeeper issues we're having this year. Um, Atanella was filling in for Steve Clark and Clark is still out. Um, they've got a, they signed a new guy, Ketterer, who's coming in. Um, he got a clean sheet this week, so we'll have to see. He's going to, I don't know what his price is going to be and he'll be added to the game. Um, Maurer for Dallas is still hit or miss. We don't know if he's, when he's going to be back. Um, his backup has stayed fairly cheap. Um, Stefan Fry is another big one. He's out, I think four to six weeks is the best estimate we've got so far. Um, his backup looked pretty good though. And then we've got a whole lot of positions that are contested right now. So I wanted to highlight those. Uh, Diop has been starting for Montreal, but Pentemis got the start this week for the double game week. And that's, uh, that's interesting to watch. Uh, Montreal's got some potential good matchups coming up and their defense looks good. So if you're going to go Montreal, keep an eye on that. Uh, Tyler Miller has been put back in goal for Minnesota over Dane St. Clair, and they've looked better with him back there. Um, St. Clair's younger uh, looked better at the end of last year. So watch that. That may be a battle that starts. Uh, Kenneth Vermeer, formerly of LAFC, started with FC Cincinnati. I don't know what the plan is there. If Teton's going to be out for a while, if they're going to try both of them or if he's there and uh, then uh, Chris Seitz has started for DC in place of Bill Hamid but John Kempen got both starts on the double game week I didn't hear if there was an injury to Seitz but that's a lot of goalkeeper rotation so don't just pick these guys thinking oh yeah it's a goalkeeper they're always going to start we're seeing a lot of rotation there right now in a lot of teams um, Tyler in chat is saying Diop is starting Saturday uh, or started Saturday, Pentemis was the midweek. There may be some rotation on the double game weeks there. Just keep an eye on that one. And then we've got some other pretty interesting injuries. Um, Ezekiel Barco for Atlanta has missed a couple of games. I don't think I had him on there last year, last week. Uh, Andrew Gutman for New York Red Bulls has had a great start to the season, but I'm hearing he's unlikely. I think he missed one or missed the game last week and just potentially there. Johnny Russell came off early with a pretty serious injury or a knee injury, leg injury. Uh, couldn't continue and was in was noticeably slower when he picked that up. No timeline there. Um, Rommel Kyoto for Montreal was stretchered off. Um, there's some speculation that that was more time-wasting than actual serious need of a stretcher, but he was stretchered off. And then for Nashville, because they've got a pretty good game coming up this week, uh, Cadiz and Mukhtar have not been starting for them. Uh, CJ Sapong has filled in and then they've kind of rotated through the midfield a little bit, but that's two prominent players that we've liked going forward that have not been starting the last couple of games. So keep an eye on that. 
And Reed, I think that's all the highlights we had from this week. Thanks to our Discord community for helping get this updated today. We had a lot of data dumps and a lot of people throwing out names for our admins to update. Fantastic. Anything you want to add, Matt? Uh, breaking news, I guess, Reed. Um, there's just a joint statement put out by Columbus on Twitter saying that they had a meeting with a Nordeca, and it looks like the crest is going to be altered and they're going to be adding crew into the outline of the Ohio flag, as well as Ooh. nine, six in there somewhere. And so it ended with um, the crew and the Nordeck are excited to move forward together. So I guess I can take my scarf off now because uh, Reed, we saved the crew again. We saved them again. Yay. I'll buy another scarf. Let's do it, guys. But now we need um, hashtag save the crew three for the actual fantasy implications of the team right right the <laughs> the return of the crew the the crew strikes back pre-court strikes back no they can't do that there's yeah there's a star wars reference there that i'm missing so yeah i guess we'll, the we'll only thing that i'd really add i don't have anything to add from a injury standpoint you were pretty comprehensive their blame but i guess the one thing that i would add sam vines uh was hurt for colorado to start the season he had a little bit of a hamstring issue he's gone 90 minutes in the two games since and the one thing that robin frazier wanted to see from him after his debut was to actually contribute offensively He's had an assist from a fantasy standpoint, creating a chance. He didn't get an assist on the Cole Bassett goal against Minnesota. And then he had the goal, obviously, the other night against Houston. So from a uh, security of, you know, is this guy going to be okay? Sam Vines is certainly a much more certainty from a 90-minute standpoint than, say, a Carlos Vela is right now. Excellent. All right, let's move on to what I know all of you all have come here for. Uh, besides our amazing banter tonight, you are here for our current round picks. Okay, current round picks. Let's start with uh, most promising games. Matt, which games are you most looking forward to from a fantasy point of view? I'm looking at New York Red Bulls against New England Revolution. I think New England had to figure some things out. For my money, they should have won the game against Philly. Obviously, they figured it out against Columbus on the weekend. They were the much better team through that stretch. Full uh, week worth of time to train and rest up from that standpoint, even though Red Bulls obviously didn't have a midweek game this past week, and now they're playing at home again. So Carlos Hill is a lock for me. I'm not sure that I'd be betting on either of these teams. If anything, it'd probably be New England to get a clean sheet, but Carlos Hill, Clark, there's multiple good attacking fullbacks that you could have in this. I'd be looking at the strikers more so maybe Gustavo Bo, but I think there's, there's a number of really good options. If you're starting your lineup, folks, and you don't have that Carlos Hill aside if you don't have at least one other player from this matchup I have to question what you're thinking from a fantasy standpoint and then similarly I think there'll be a lot of goals not a whole lot of defense lots of options in the midfield and definitely the striker position uh Chicago versus inner Miami Iguain gets off the snide and everything Chicago fire have yet to win a game I think they're going to come out with a you know what under, they're going to come out with a fire under their you know what if nothing else Robert Barrick is a decent option to think about from a goal scoring standpoint and I think Miami's figured it out at least offensively for now breck shea included Ooh, yeah no that's a really good one i'm interested in that one as well chicago was really they've had some decent fantasy cheap options uh that you could throw on your bench and just see what happens and so yeah this is a really interesting game for them from a fantasy point of view to see what you could make happen and the red bulls have had one of the better defenses and so they're on the road against some of these must-have fantasy players i mean by has been amazing as well for, for for a lot of fantasy managers this this year as well so uh yeah two two fantastic ones blaine i know you've taken one that that i also liked but what what games do you like yeah um 
I think New England's your must-watch game for points. Uh, Red Bulls without Aaron Long now. Andrew Gutman's probably out. Like, that's your huge one for points that I see. But I'm really looking at this week. This week was tough when I was filling out my roster and everything. I feel like this is more of a measuring stick week, for lack of a better term for it. There's a lot of interesting games to see where I don't see a lot of, like, heavy one-sided games where you can really go in and bank on a lot of points. I see a lot of games where you can speculate and potentially come up huge. Um, don't know what's going to happen. And so I've got two games highlighted that I like for some potential points and some fireworks. And one of those is uh, Montreal versus uh, FC Cincinnati. Lucha's back. Lucha looks good, makes the team look so much better. Um, this is not a team to hunt against for clean sheets. And I think you're not going to see quite as many goals against uh, Cincinnati when they've got the full team out there. I just think they're going to boss the midfield a little bit more. They're not going to get overrun and concede 20, 30 shots a game. They may get that down to 10 to 15 shots a game. And I just don't think people are going to rack up the score. But Montreal is one of those wild card teams that I think we're all still underestimating them to a little bit, to a degree. And I think, I think they can go out and get a big win. But I don't think this is a team where you're just going to say, oh, go all in against FC Cincinnati right now. And so that's a game I really want to see because I want to see how good Montreal is. If they're as good as we think, they should come in since it's a home game and really do a number on Cincinnati. But I think if Lucho's as good as advertised and brings up Cincinnati, like it's just I want to see that game. That's must-watch TV for me. And then the other one I've got is DC versus Philly. Um, Philly's on the road. They've got the good squad. I think they can go in and get a lot of points. But DC's a team that's been – steadily improving all season they're getting some pieces back I just I don't know that this is the game you give me this game second week of the season yeah I, I say three guys deep on Philly go for it this is going to be a 2-0-3-0 win but now I think DC might be able to even pick out or snag a win or a draw at home on this one just going to be a fun game to watch and I do see some fantasy points here I just don't know where they're going to come from yet yeah, uh, games that I was looking at and Ashley sent in some. Portland versus L.A., uh, definitely some interesting options there. What's going to happen with Valeri, one of our p- past Mr. Fantasies go-to? Like, this is uh, – L.A. has been horrible on defense and so, so leaky. Is this a time for a Valeri to come out and shine at a fantastic value mark? Uh, Orlando versus Toronto. Uh, we we saw some life from Toronto last week. Orlando has been doing – some some good things for sure. Had some great stuff from Pereira as as well. That's what Ashley liked. Uh, she also liked New York City FC versus Columbus. Just piling on the the unfortunate hate that's happened to Columbus from a fantasy point of view. And then I'm going to echo Montreal versus FC Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, there's lots of good things happening in Montreal, and FC Cincinnati has shown that it will allow opportunities, and Montreal can make that happen. So some good value options there as well. And uh. I'm going to echo again Miami just to, to pound on. They gave up two points, two goals to Cincinnati. So, again, Chicago, what can they do with that? That that doesn't say a lot when you're letting FC Cincinnati uh, drop a couple of them on you. So, definitely something to keep in mind when you're looking at those, those games from fantasy. Let's move on to our uh, keepers, defenders, and clean sheet chances. Blaine, who do you like? Yeah, I, I, I struggled this week, but then I put a whole lot of clean sheet with names down. Um, I think there's potential in these teams. I just, I'm, I'm afraid of a freak goal blowing up my clean sheets here. But I have Montreal, Seattle, Nashville, New England, New York City, and Dallas, all as kind of my clean sheet watch. Um, but 
outside of Seattle and possibly Nashville, I'm a little more hesitant to say that they're just that I'm going to go. Yeah, these teams are clean sheet chances. I just I, there's good possibility, but it's not there. Um, for goalkeeper uh, Pantemis or Diop, whoever starts for Montreal is in the first part of a switcheroo. And then I'm going to one of my clean sheet teams. It'll probably be Cleveland for Seattle because he is so cheap. Um, chat said that Maurer was on the bench for Dallas, so he may be coming back sooner rather than later. Um, so I don't know that I want to spend the money there or get caught out on that one. So it'll probably be Cleveland, maybe Willis for Nashville, but he's so expensive. Cleveland's a cheap option to go to. And then on defense, I actually had some extra money when I put my team together. So I went with a guy like Bai, who's getting bonus points for New England. Hollingshead, who gets forward for Dallas. Smith is the highest scoring player in the game, I think, still. And then Lovitz for Nashville is another one that he gets forward at, contributes a lot. Um, I just I think this is a week where you can splurge and get some more expensive defenders and get some bonus points. So that's why I have those four names right there. Yeah, no, makes total sense. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Matt, who are you looking at? Uh, so, Reed, I guess I have a I have a question here. Based on the rankings on how we're doing it for this year, is it what we think like our top options are, or how we're actually setting up our team? Because if I were to pick the top five defenders, I would put in, I'd be spending easily thirty five mil on just defenders. So, <laughs> so, point of clarification, since this is my first time on the pod this year. So I am going to give you the vague, foggy gray answer for that and say it's whatever you want it to be. You can give your actual lineup. You can give just the players who you like. Uh, you could even try to go with some differentials based on what, what Blaine might have already said. Uh, it's whatever you think will provide the best advice or get those options out there for fantasy oftentimes i will go with who i'm actually looking at or who i am juggling that's my personal one is who is on my team or the ones that i'm sort of tossing up as potential swaps but you could just go with your top five and and see what happens okay then so i'll be i'll be going with some value picks to bring some wall street bets here to mls, <laughs> to MLS fantasy boss so Perfect. first of all i'll say i'll echo what ashley said i think last week or maybe two weeks ago on the show i i almost blaine i want to pose a question is brad smith the first fullback Mr. MLS Fantasy we've had since Graham Zussi. I think uh, since Graham Zussi, yes, I would say so. I don't think we've had a defender that's been this prominent for this long as a fullback. Who? No, no, the shoot, he Portland who played was le- was out of position as a defender, but Rodney was, Wallace. That yes, Rodney Wallace. Wallace. I, those Does that were, count since was, he was out of position? That was pre-Zuzi, though. That's also, it's, that's it's metagaming because okay, he was out of position. Fair, so, fair. Okay. Sorry, the deep pull, the deep pull. Okay, uh, Brad Smith is an absolute lock. You have to have him on your team right now. Um, for the purposes of listing my top options, Reed, I put Wagner. I'm probably going to go with a Philly defender. It's probably not going to be him. I actually like Philly defensively from a clean sheet standpoint this week, not as much as I like Seattle or Nashville. I guess the key thing for me is given 
what what Philly was able to do and the progress that they built over the course of last week with the double game week and the fact that given I'm not even sure are they flying to DC we think about it like it's an away game and then like same day travel in the COVID era of MLS but like if they all test negative like aren't they just getting on a bus and then just not stopping for the two hours down from Philly? <laughs> so I I don't I consider that one of the most benign road trips that you could have in MLS so I'm not too worried about that so I'll probably go with a Philly defender right now I have Glesnick but if you want a better option like Blaine was saying where let's go for a clean sheet a a player on a clean sheet team who we know will get us bonus points Wagner's your option there on Philly's end on that same note another lock that I have for this week is Anton Tinnerholm even if Columbus is going to be able to score a goal at Red Bull Arena I have to imagine that Tinnerholm is going to have his way offensively on the flank and then I'm looking at Brandon Bay. if there's any defender that I want out of that New England New York Red Bulls game it is going to be him right now I have Bulls camp in at goal I think uh, I think a a switch got flipped for sporting Kansas city on the weekend against Vancouver. Mm. So I like him as a chief goalkeeper. And if that doesn't end up working out, I'm probably going to find a way to switch to Joe Willis. But like Blaine was saying, this is the, we're now at the point where like going back to my wall street bets joke of like hyperinflation is starting to pick in. And now I think it's a legitimate question, unless I'm picking a guy who I have confidence in to get a clean sheet. Is it worth spending more than 7.5 mil on a defender or on a goalkeeper. And so that's where that that's one of the, this is one of the ones where, you know, would I rather have, you know, the cheapest starter on a good clean sheet team than a guy who I know is going to get us bonus points. And that's where I think to Blaine's point is kind of where my concern is from a Nashville standpoint, given, I think that Austin's going to be much better this week with Alexander ring back in. Uh, Andrew Crawler mentions Gressel as a, a potential former Mr. Fantasy as fullback. The only thing I asked about that is, was a lot of his value because he was serving balls to Joseph who could just put something in, in his sleep, or was it really him? Uh, and maybe that's just part of being Mr. Fantasy is because you have someone to throw to, but uh, definitely someone to throw. If we have maybe uh, so somebody mentioned Mount Rushmore, maybe we need a return to the Mount Rushmore for, for some I think considerations. Brad Smith, get the most points of a defender in MLS fantasy this year. And then I think we'll go back to it. I guess the, the thing that I would argue to that point read is that unless sporting Kansas city was giving up four goals in a game, which would have been minus two at that point for Zussi, you know, that Zussi was going to do his thing regardless of what anybody else was doing. I'm not sure we could have said the same thing for Julian Gressel for more than several months at a time. And I mean, right now, like Brad Smith is the left wing back for Seattle Sounders in the same way that Alfonso Davies is on paper, the left back for Bayern Munich, but really is acting <laughs> as a left winger. Like Brad yeah, Smith yeah. is creating offense regardless of what Raul Ruiz Diaz is doing in the same way that Graham Zussi was effective, regardless of whether or not it was Kai Kamara or I mean, who is the Argentine DP who they had was a bust or what's going on at the center forward position had not inhibited Graham Zussi's Mr. Fantasiness. Yeah, no, that's a good yeah. point. We missed we missed our one and I just had it and I'm losing it again. We had another Mr. Fantasy at the fullback position. No, what you're saying that Brad Smith is just putting up the points for consistently there. Oh, who was it? There's a left side fullback. I just had it and lost it. Um, but no, to the Gressel point, Gressel's been listed as a midfielder in the game way too much. It's hard to call him a Mr. Fantasy at fullback when he's there. 
because he's playing so or he's he's been a midfielder. He's a midfielder this year for DC. I think he was listed as a midfielder for Atlanta the whole time and just played out of position back. Mm. So wait, was he was he never listed as a defender? Because I thought I thought his rookie year he was listed as a defender. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was. I'm pretty sure he was. He may have one year. Yeah. No, he definitely was that one time. Uh, let's not spiral too far down because we could definitely have a whole secondary show about this. Uh, Ashley sends over her thoughts uh, as far as defense goes. She likes Seattle, Nashville, and Houston. Uh, I, I agree with two-thirds of that. Houston, not so sure. I believe the the pick for that is more against Vancouver than pro-Houston. Uh, you, you could roll a dice. That would probably definitely be a switcheroo option. For me, uh, myself, I like Seattle. I like Nashville. Uh, I think your the go-to keeper for almost everyone this week will be Cleveland. There'll be some kind of Cleveland keeper this week. It just makes sense with, with the 4.0 keeper who is for, is that 4.0? He's sub five, sub five keeper. Um, he's, he is going to likely start. Um, don't know how long, but that's, that's the obvious, I think, keeper option. Um, I mean, honestly, and I haven't really done this. I usually double up one keeper, one defender, but you could go double Seattle on your on your defense with Roldan and with Smith. You could even match that up with double Nashville. Again, Austin having some troubles. Uh, I The thing that scares me is that both of those games are the end of the week. Nashville, there's no place else to pivot. Uh, but I think you really. can... Right. Yeah. That's right. Those, those well, wait, final no. Games. Nashville's the final game of the week, aren't they? They're the final game. Philly is the second to last game. Okay, so you yeah, could you so... could pivot with Seattle if you did it, if you had some stuff with Philly. Um, I wouldn't double up on Nashville then, folks. Um, I wouldn't double up them at all. I'm just saying, like, there's a crazy thing you could potentially do. I I think Romney's at least maybe a, a good call for that. Uh, he's one of the cheaper ways into it. I like that a lot. Um, but otherwise, I, I like some of the options you guys have picked going – more of the offensive route with defense, I think has been more successful this year with clean sheets being fewer and far between. Um, but I could see going light on defense, maybe even just going three players and saying, forget it. I want to use my defenders as I switch and try to get more bang for your buck out of potential forwards and midfielders with some, I think those are better options this week. So for me, I'm probably looking at going light on my defense, maybe doubling up with Seattle uh, and then going with uh some of the names you've said, I mean, Tinder home would be a great option to try to capitalize on the weaknesses of Columbus. Uh, you could go with um, a Montreal. If you think they could do something against Cincinnati, I don't know that would be one of those roll the dice ones kind of like, like Houston, but you guys have thrown out some good, some good names, I think for people to consider. Reed, Reed, you're going to feel stupid because I've remembered our, my Mr. Fantasy for fullback finally. And when I say the name, everybody's going to groan because you should know it. And I even said the name already and I forgot it. Ryan Hollingshead. Oh, uh, yeah, Hollingshead. Yeah. He plays everywhere. It. Yeah. He's another good one. And I feel stupid for forgetting it. I even said his name as one of my player picks this week. Well, let's uh, move on to midfield and forget it. Matt, who do you like at midfield? Uh, Carlos Hill, if there's anybody who's Mr. Fantasy in this first quarter of the fantasy season, it's going to be him. Um, I also really, really like Nani, especially, I, I don't know what we're going to get 
out of Toronto right now, at least certainly from an offensive standpoint, because, you know, they just signed on Dwyer. They subbed out both Josie and Iowa Canola uh, on the weekend game, but I'm not entirely, so I'm not entirely sure about that. What I know is they haven't reforced that back line. I don't think Kamar Lawrence is going to be troubling Nani too much. And he scores bangers at home, regardless of what anybody else is doing. So I have him. I really like Madronda and at 8.9 mil, he's a really, really decent value that you have. And the last two that I have, I have Montero, but put an asterisk on this one, Reed. I think if he starts in the number 10 role, so I guess if they're if they're if Philly's going with the diamond and then the two up top, I think the mobility that they're gonna have against a relatively flat midfield for DC United is going to be advantageous for him in terms of chance creation and bonuses. And then I'm probably setting up uh, like you read, I've been liking the five midfielders and then have one forward, one defender or two defenders as my switcheroo options with the bye week Um, So I probably, I'm probably going to have Colin Clark in there from uh, New York Red Bulls, especially if they go with the, if Struber goes with the four man midfield and then Clark's paired with Maya, then I think that's the, that's the one thing that I could think that I think could prevent me going with by for a clean sheet for new England would be a Maya and Clark playing close together. Yeah. Blaine, who do you like in midfield? Yeah. Carlos heals the obvious choice this week. I, I think he's going to be a must own. I think anybody who's talking fantasy is going to say that. Um, but behind him, it gets a little more wide open. I, I like Atuesta against Colorado. I think there's potential there. Vela or no Vela, I really think Atuesta can get some points there. I think he's pretty consistent. It's a home game. Uh, he didn't have such a great week last week, so that make, that's making me second guess a little bit. But I'm, I'm kind of going to roll with him. Uh, I like Christian Roldan this week i just it's the home game he's got the points Jao paulo and ladero are your two names that you always kind of gravitate towards but roldan's been looking so much better this year uh, a couple of years ago he was one of those fantasy players that you really wanted to keep an eye on if you couldn't afford ladero you rolled to him last year if you couldn't afford ladero you were either taking Jao paulo or you weren't taking anybody else i think roldan's viable again um and i think he's honestly might have a little bit higher ceiling than paulo on the right week and I think this might be one of those weeks. And then the fourth one I've got on my field to start with is uh, Medina for New York City. Um, quietly putting up a monster season, um, really involved, and showing why he was a former DP player. Uh, just And I'm seeing a lot of his name in chat, too. So I'm not alone in thinking that right now. I just I think Medina is, is, a, is a wise call this week. Um, wanted to throw out there, I threw kind of a question out there. I don't know if Nani's worth it this week. Um, I don't know what Toronto's defense is going to do, and I like Nani. And then if you watch instant replay like I do, the train wreck of a show that it is now, um, Nani's come under fire for shoving the ref. He only got a yellow card in the game, but I could definitely see Disco coming back. If you put a forcible shove on a ref, even if you're trying to defuse a situation, that should be ascending off. So I'm not even sure Nani's going to be available. So I'm not going to I'm not going to slot him in right now. I want to kind of see the lineups. But yeah, there's a, there's a whole lot to be had here. I just I don't know where it's going to go. And I I like those guys. And then I'm I'm toying with the two Seattle defenders. And so Lewis Morgan's kind of my flip. If I go get away from Roldan, I think Lewis Morgan's going to be my next guy in and take a road chance on that one. 
have to remember, if you're going to do anything to a ref, it's to pretend to throw the ball in at them. That's that's the thing that you do to a referee. Uh, no, don't do any of those things. Don't. We, we are anti-referee abuse on this show. Uh, no, those are some good ones. I wasn't sure if I was going to be the only one who would mention uh, Medina, but yeah, I had him as well. I have a Nani alternative already in in my team so far. I have Pereira as uh, as an option. The only name Ashley gave us for this one uh, was Heal, which I agree. I think that's unanimous for all of us. He was the first one to drop in, uh, especially with New York Red Bulls defense likely being very much so different than it has been in the past with with those injuries that they've had. Um, I mentioned already before, Valeri's an interesting one to drop out into the the conversation. I, I mean, I don't know. He has not gotten more than sixty minutes. Uh, he did not. He didn't play. He played what less than ten in in the last week. So um, it's, it's an interesting one to throw out there. Is he going to maybe try to get 75, maybe a 90 this week? I don't know if he's 90 minutes fit anymore, uh, but I didn't want to throw that out there because Portland is at home and they are going up against LA Galaxy, whose defense is horrid. Their defense is horrid. And so there's part of me that's just screaming, I want someone from Portland, but I don't really want someone from Portland. And so the Larry bounces around. Uh, so that's a name I wanted to bring up, mostly to say weigh that option against the other players. Uh, I, I think Morgan's a great a great shout out. Um, Madron could be one over in in uh, Chicago if you want to go with somebody there. He's left wing. He's not their number ten, um, but he's had some good production. There's a little bit of sharing of points out there, but with Chicago not doing so hot, uh, that's that's hard to latch on. But there's an option from Chicago. If you want to try to uh, to jump onto that game, uh, Lille, that's another one. I don't think you guys had mentioned Lille um, against uh, especially that. with the uh, the left the right back injuries that Austin has had recently as well. That's probably yeah. a good shout, Reed. Um, yeah, and a more economical pick given um, you know Carlos Heel has been diamond hands from a price valuation standpoint. There we go, and I can't not mention uh, Acosta. Um, I've, I've seen him pop up in a couple teams on, on discord that, that I've caught and he has managed to have some good production when FC Cincinnati has done poorly. Um, I, I think Montreal will come out on top of that game, but they're not, they're not invincible. They're, they're not the best defense in the league. So, um, there, there could be options for some production from, from, uh, Acosta this week. Again, I would have him as a bench option 100 would not would not be starting in my team but if you, if you want to do something fun uh he like I said, he has had some points maybe he could he could potentially see a price rise so if you're trying to get some value that might be it not not a lot of of uh expensive players over at fc cincinnati he's uh one of the more expensive ones i guess he's sub 10 so that might be a little bit too rich for a cincinnati player but there's no name throughout there for you to think about uh reed chat gave you your portland answer don't go with valeri uh it's yimmy Go Yimmy Chara for that one. Yeah. He's been he's been the better scoring and more consistent. I think somebody threw it out there. It was either in Discord or in chat that Valeri's got like 48, 60, and eight minutes in his last. Yeah, he three doesn't, he's games. not been playing a lot. So like if he starts, yeah, I, I wouldn't be opposed to running Valeri, but Yimmy Chara has been the most consistent midfielder with Blanco out, besides maybe Williamson who's another name we got to throw out, especially if you're looking at switcheroo options. He's a lot cheaper. Um, both of those guys get decent points, but I don't think either one of them are nearly the ceiling that 
Blanco and Valeri have had. But Yimmy, Yimmy did get a hat trick in CCL, so or two goals in CCL. Like he, when he's on form, he can be a monster. I would I mean, go it, Williamson personally on that one, Blaine, just because with how much the all of the the all of the French Revolution players have had their visa situation cleared, um, and a couple of them made their debut on Saturday for the LA Galaxy. So I'd imagine it's probably Grandsir on the left, Legette on the right, and those one of those two will probably be the first attacking sub that the LA Galaxy go with. And those wingers have been tucked in really tight. So I think the I think the Galaxy could try to overwhelm things and make life difficult for Williamson. Char will probably be able to hold his own. On the other hand, the Galaxy still do not have a number six, and Jonathan Dos Santos doesn't really defend. So I have to imagine Yimmy Chara a little bit further up. But I'd, I'd echo your point. Yimmy's probably the best one to go to. I, I might look at, I don't have his price off the top, but I think if there is any like forward in the game, I'd go for with Portland. I think the only one I would consider is Ibobasi, and only if he's starting. You know, all this just makes me not want a Portland player, which was sort of where I was at the beginning anyway. Yeah, I was like, I don't really want Portland. I kind of feel like I wanted though because LA's been so bad. But no, all of this has brought me full circle to no, no, I don't really want a Portland player. And that's and that's it. Give me a Leal instead of a Portland player. There we go. Yeah, easy right there. Okay, guys, let's move on to forwards. Uh, we had a question for me to ask chat. And uh, this is, do you risk Vela with a role to Rui Diaz and or, I guess not and, just or Joseph Martinez. Um, well, as spoiler alert, I have Vela on my team so far. My answer is yes. I guess that's what it has to be. Yeah, no, I uh, I think I would. I rolled the dice on Vela last week and uh, swapped him out when he didn't start. Um, I, if he does go up against Colorado, which he may not. I, I know some of the latest reports is that they – they really want to make sure he is hundred percent and they're not going to risk injuring him further. So this could be another time for Vela subs in, but if, if Vela starts, uh, I think I want Vela and I would roll, roll that risk because there are plenty of options that you could switch to uh, in, in that Sunday game. You could easily go to um, a Rui Diaz. I don't think I'd go to, to Joseph on the road to Seattle. Just, just no, I would not do that. Um, the DC Philadelphia game would be a bit more intriguing to me. Maybe go with a Shavilko. Uh, that's a name that wasn't included in, in that list. That could be an interesting thing switch to throw in there. I don't know if I would go with DC uh, with with just what I've seen. I don't have any consistency there. But you could look at some options in, in Nashville as well. So you definitely, I think you have some more options than just a Rui Diaz or or a, a Joseph Martinez. Um, but for me, yeah, I'm, I'm totally rolling the dice with Joseph and I'll go ahead and I guess finish up what, what I was thinking for this position. Um, I have clicked off of the, the screen. Um, I have a Vela, then I have a switcheroo up to there. I have Wade here just as a placeholder. And then still sort of undecided about that next forward. I, maybe it's, it's a Barrick if you want to go with a Chicago right there. Maybe you want to go with a Polito uh, to see if you can do a road team against San Jose. That might be one of your stronger road options there. Um, not a lot of forwards that really jump out to me because so many of them are on the road. I mean, you, you could try to go with, with um, Chicharito and see what he can do against Portland, um, which could be fantastic. But uh, I'm thinking that it's probably going to be for me a Vela and then a, a slightly cheaper forward and just see what happens. Maybe Polito. 
I wouldn't go Vela personally, Reed, just because, like, even if he starts on because you're Saturday, from Colorado, that's why. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, even if he, you know, he played what was it 20, 25 minutes plus stoppage time on the weekend. So I'm not even yep. sure, you know, t- to your point of just how careful LAFC and Bob Bradley need to be with him, even if he starts, I'm not convinced that he would go the full 90 minutes. So I, you know, I have a steadfast rule like, I don't start somebody if they're, if, if I'm not confident they're going at least 60 minutes from an attacking standpoint, that's enough time for Vela to do some damage against the Rapids defense. And from a defender standpoint, you know, that's a, do they even register enough minutes for the clean sheet? So I wouldn't consider him, even if he was starting, I think depending on how they line things up, Rossi might be an option, but um, if he's not starting, I think Sam Vines is another really good option at fullback, even if the Rapids don't get a clean sheet. Blaine, who do you like? Yeah, um, first name in my list was uh, Boris Johnson for Montreal. Um, first game of the week, throw him on the bench. He's cheap, playing FC Cincinnati. Um, like I said, I, I like Cincinnati. I think they're better, but a 5.2 bench forward that got two goals in a game last week at 4.7, like, I'm not going to pass up on that option. Um, definitely worth throwing on your bench if not starting it's that first game so he should be on the bench um and then the next one i went to is chicharito too many goals in such a short span ashley said he doesn't have two bad seasons in a row he looks like he's on i don't trust the portland defense enough i think chicharito is worth taking regardless of what else happens and then that last spot's kind of wide open i like rui diaz i think he's been on fire um seattle's been on fire I don't trust the Atlanta defense. So Rui Diaz is kind of my first option, but I'm also looking at two defenders, defender and a keeper. Do I have rolled on in the midfield? Like, what do you do? It's just, it's going to be so hard. I do think that could be a Vela's position with Rui Diaz playing after. And you've got some later midfield options. Like if I don't go Monte or if I don't go Morgan, I go Montiero. Montiero could easily get dropped for Roldan, who I like better to get my three Seattle players, and then drop Rui Diaz and bring in Vela. There's a lot of fluctuation here given what's going on. Lille is another guy I would probably take Roldan or Jao Paulo over Lille this week. But that's only if I don't have Rui Diaz in there. Like, it's kind of all in flux. I just – I don't see much – after Vela, but I do kind of like Rui Diaz as my third, but I could definitely throw Vela in there in that spot and free up a third Seattle spot to use somewhere else. So I'm, I'm kind of on the fence waiting to see what happens, but those are probably the four forwards I'm looking at with that last one being almost completely def- dependent on if Vela starts. And if Vela starts, I would probably risk it depending now if i see a bubacar back for colorado there's no way i'm playing vela i think colorado's defense is that good and vela on the injury concerns not knowing how far he's going to go so i'm i'm trying to go more thought process on this one so everybody can kind of understand how some of us make decisions and maybe that helps you make a decision down the road too um but yeah if a bubacar's out and vela's starting i'm probably going to try vela this week but I have Rui Diaz in my lineup for the simple fact that I don't think Vela's going to go. I think they're going to rest him one more time. Two of the names that we haven't thrown out yet that, that are probably good options. Uh, we've got Tati over there at, at New York City and Bo 
as well uh, against against some of those defenses. But um, Matt, more for you to add at this position? Uh, Rui Diaz, um, I'd just say, you know, he had a bunch of really good opportunities, wasn't able to score against San Jose, didn't score against LAFC. This is one of the best strikers on probably the best team in MLS right now. The odds that he doesn't score a goal or an assist in three games straight, highly unlikely. So he's a guarantee for me. I have this up earlier, but I don't trust the Chicago Fire defense. So give me uh, Iguain as a, a decent road option. I have third Chicharito. I think if it was different scenario, I'd probably be putting Chicharito before both of those two <clears throat> and maybe even captaining him while I think it's well I think it's advantageous for him that Portland has a situation at goalkeeper that's going to make him a little bit more aggressive and getting into good spots I'm not sure how you know Chicharito did not play in the two games I don't think he played a single turf game last year with the injuries that he had and everything. So I kind of wonder first time playing at Portland with the Portland turf. Yes, he's a poacher, but then the ball is going to bounce a little bit differently. And so is that going to look a, a little weird to me? If this was a home game for the LA galaxy, I'd be starting and captaining Chicharito, but it's just, it's that little scenario that just historically the LA galaxy have had trouble with, especially early on games and the galaxy have been better goal scoring in the first half. Um, uh, the last couple of weeks is the reason that I have him as third, but uh, I'll be starting Rui Diaz and Iguain unless something drastic happens between now and Saturday. Very fair. All right. I think uh, we've covered that one pretty well. Uh, Ashley brought over uh, Shabilko, Rui Diaz, and Tati. That, that's where the, the Tati name came from. Uh, and Shabilko, I think he said is 6.9. I didn't double check that. Switcheroo options. Matt, king of switcheroos. You've got to give us what you think. Yeah, so I think, uh, as I mentioned earlier, definitely the Philly defender options I might have there in there. Given that they're at the end, I might have them more for a actual switcheroo rather than an auto route. If you're looking at auto route options, I think Blaine and I have said enough that there's one good option that you could have at various positions in the Montreal Cincinnati game in the attack for both teams. I think it comes down to what positions you're light on that you actually have on your bench and also how much money that you have. I like Mason toy as opposed to Johnson personally, but he is a little bit more expensive. He's 6.4. So it, it'll probably come down to a budget situation and maybe if there's a surprise in terms of lineup, but I think, Montreal in the attack, Philly in the defense, uh, both really good options this week. Blaine. Yeah, uh, Boris Johnson was my first one. Matt, to your point, I don't know that Toy has been starting with Johnson playing. He's not. So I think it's one or the other. I think if you want to go this game, and I would almost say that Toy and Johnson are a must-own this week, whichever one does start. Cincinnati's defense, well, I, I'm – I try to give him credit with the cost of being there. I just don't trust the defense enough to say you can't do this, that you can't skip this position. I think you have to have one of the Montreal guys on the bench. And that leads me to my second switcheroo, which is Mihailovic. I think between Toy Johnson and Mihailovic, you have to have one of those on your bench because it is the first game of the week. It is FC Cincinnati. If they give up three or four goals, which I'm not counting on, but if that happens, you don't want to be without some coverage in Montreal. Or, yeah, Bjorn, not Boris, whatever. Um, chat just corrected me. I'm all the way off on this one. But, yeah, uh, Johnson's your big name. And then I like Stojanovic again for Chicago. He's kind of faded off. He's taken a couple of price drops. But 
again, it's Miami. They're, Chicago's at home. Chicago always plays better at home. Just watch for him to start. He hasn't started the last couple of games, or the, at least the last game. But if Stojanovic is out there, I think he's a, a prime switcheroo candidate. And then I don't normally switcheroo my defenders. I don't put defenders on the bench. I tend to run pick three and stick with them and try to get more points for my attacking players. I just seem to have better luck with that. But I think this is the week with all the clean sheet teams I put out there that you could throw a clean sheet defender early in the week on the bench and switch to a different team if they don't hit. Um, normally I don't do that with defenders just because I don't, I haven't been identifying that many clean sheet teams that I like to switch to. And if you're going to spend on guys like I do for bonus points at times, you're not going to have, you're not going to want to put the money into a Hollingshead or a buy for your bench and then have to go switch to another defender that costs more. <clears throat> you might as well just take your chances with the bonus points and leave them in there. But I think this week with all the clean potential clean sheets and with how easily they can be busted, you may look at a couple more clean sheet defenders rather than attacking players in this position. I mean, if you're going to mention the FC Cincinnati defense, we have to at least say that Jeff Cameron has signed with FC Cincinnati. Uh, Grandpa Cameron will be coming back to, to uh, MLS to play. So um Throw that out there for whatever he becomes I available. I think I saw like a gap counter or something similar for Cameron already because he played, like he signed and played in his first week. Like it's that's pretty amazing. We normally have a couple week layoff when a guy signs, but no, he signed and played, and I don't think he did very well, all things considered. I mean, we'll see. But I'm yeah, not no, seeing Jeff him in, I'm not seeing him in fantasy right now, guys. No, I don't think he he's in the game at this time. But uh, but yeah, no, he's newest addition to uh, to Cincinnati. We'll see okay. what happens with that. Uh, and finally, let's wrap up with captains. Blaine, who are you looking at? Uh, uh, Carlos Healer bust this week. Um, best midfielder in the game currently. I won't disrespect Pozuelo and Ladero, but they're not playing right now. So I think Carlos Heal is a top three midfielder in. MLS and he's the only one playing right now so I don't think you can bet against him at home my other candidates that I like given their matchups are all road players so yeah it's Carlos Heal all the way Rex Shea just kidding <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, I guess I've, I've got a, a flow chart process to dealing with this um, I love Carlos Heal if it ends up that he's playing centrally if he's on the wing I might think about it if that happens and i don't go with heel as captain i'll go with atuesta assuming vela starts and then if that doesn't happen then it'll just be take my pick in terms of what things look like for seattle it could be rui diaz it could be one of the wingbacks that we've talked about previously it'll probably come down to me depending on how uh atlanta ends up setting up and everything but i have a very flow charty it'll probably just end up being heel anyways <laughs> Matt, but Ashley has your answer, and she gave it to Reed. That's right. Uh, Ashley says Brad Smith is is her captain. Okay, so uh, Brad Smith, our Mr. Fantasy Lord and Savior, of course. There we go. Uh, <laughs> I I cannot caution more strong on this show of the risk you take if you captain a defender. Um, I just it it definitely works. There are times when defenders get amazing scores, 
but it is such an incredible risk to tap in the defender. So, if, but if you want to do that and you have fun doing it, more power to you have at it. I'm captaining Carlos Heel, and uh, I agree with Chet that he is by far the runaway captain, first choice captain this week. So, if you captain Heel and he does not do well, do not worry. Many other people will do that, and uh, you can you can hedge your bets going with Heel, or you can be crazy and captain Brad Smith or Rexy. So, uh, top three right there. Top three captain choices right there. No, it's uh, it's got to be Heel. Uh, all right. Well, thank you so much, everyone, uh, for joining us tonight and, and for Matt for putting up with his technical difficulties at the beginning <laughs> of the show to to join us uh, with a triumphant return. Let's do the plugs. Matt, you have so much to plug. What do you want to share with us tonight? Uh, if you want to get at me on Twitter to talk MLS fantasy or complain when you went with something I said this week and it absolutely goes and it goes pear shape uh, at LWS Matt Pollard uh, for all of my written content at last word, head on over to last word on sports backslash soccer, some rapid, lots of rapid stuff, some LA galaxy, and then a smattering of other MLS things. And then obviously from a rapids podcast standpoint, which I've talked to rabbi this week read and he has agreed we're gonna start to open that door a little bit we're gonna depressure the can on mls fantasy because apparently there's a bunch of listeners who want to know and half of it is because people have been starting and captaining Eunice nomley and that has not worked out this season for the rapids or no. for those fantasy owners so uh rapids twitter needs some mls fantasy help i am here for that and you are here for that as well so if you want to get at that folks uh at rapids 96 podcast on twitter and then of course search rapids podcast or holding the high line on wherever you get your podcast define that for me and rabbi to talk all things rapids and gradually talk rapids in a fantasy context and if you want to put pressure you can also tell them that they could have an awesome guest from the mls fantasy insider like myself or blaine or ashley join them sometime depending on whose time zone is more friendly which we're working on it reed it's in mine, it's, it's in the works mine mine is probably the least friendly to do something like that blaine what do you want to plug just the discord community i mean it's just it's been fun this year um they've been a huge help with the injury updates um i know i'm kind of the injury guy right now but i'm not the injury guy discord's the injury team we've got a whole group of people updating it there's just a handful of guys that have edit permissions on that sheet and they get the work done every week for us um i help out with it when i can but they've just, they've just done such a good job and the whole injury thing is just it's all on them it's a community project um, I don't, I don't want to take credit for it because it is so, so community driven and we've got so much help and the set piece takers thing is updating every week too. We're getting a better handle on that. And it's, it's just a huge project to try to undertake. And it's so refreshing to know that when I've had work the last couple of weeks, the discord community has been on it and it's gotten updated and the resource is accurate, even when I'm not in charge of it all the time. And so, yeah, the Discord community is just there. Go join it if you haven't. Um, tell your friends, tell anybody you know that plays fantasy to go get on that Discord community because there's all sorts of fun chat going on. This Most of it's fantasy, but there's some other stuff that gets thrown in there. We talk about the referees and talk about different stuff. It's just, it's a good time and a good place, a good community to be part of. Uh, and of course, for myself, uh, head over to MLSFantasyBoss.com for the articles that we put out during the week. One of the most popular new articles we have is the Discord community player rankings, uh, which has been really fun to get the, the weekly poll. You must be a member of the Discord community to join that. So again, MLSFantasyBoss.com slash Discord to find out how to join. It's easy, it's free, and it's one of the, if not the best fantasy community online right now. Uh, you can also have 
updates over at r slash fantasy mls uh, the rant thread is there uh, and just some general news gets posted and uh of course yeah follow and subscribe to this podcast to, to help the numbers there and at mls fantasy insider or at mlsfi and at mls fantasy boss on twitter if you want to follow and interact uh, online uh, thank you so much everyone uh for joining it's been a blast and as always good luck Thank <laughs> you.